Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yo, it's Bozo Govier. Just want to let you know that my audio got screwed up for this episode. For some reason, my StreamYard settings were not as they normally are. And it was put on the goddamn webcam mic. So that's what you hear on this episode. Me thinking I'm talking through my beautiful ElectroVoice RE27 microphone, which sounds so good. You're hearing it right now. Doesn't this sound good? Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But no, Ben and Matthew, they didn't recognize anything. It's not their fault. It's my responsibility. But I wish somebody had been like, hey, you don't sound like you typically do. But that's not the jobs of others. You may wonder, how did it ever happen in the first place? Well, inside baseball here, getting in the weeds. But I I don't have a monitor. So oh, I run through a board. I have the Roadcaster board. I run through that. And then we're recording on StreamYard. And for some reason... There's no monitor. You can't get access to hearing yourself through there. I could hear myself through the Rodecaster with hardwired headphones because I'm using Bluetooth headphones on the MacBook. But then if I use the hardwired ones on the Rodecaster, I'm not able to hear everybody else in StreamYard, even though it all records together. Sounds really, really dumb. If I'm making a mistake here and somebody has a workaround, let me know. But on occasion, this is going to happen when StreamYard randomly... Resets my audio settings for no particular reason. There you have it. Matthew and Ben sound just like they always do. They sound real good. I still think this is a very useful episode, but I wanted to let you know that I'm aware that my audio was trash. Total trash. Okay? Second down and nine. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, Please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle.
What's up, everybody? Michael Govier, Blocks of Podcast here with Benjamin Chase, my partner on the Prospect Power Half Hour. We do this every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're continuing forth with the series that has become all the rage in the prospect world. Dynasty baseball fanatics are going bonkers, Ben, for the continuing coverage of the next big three prospects in every MLB system. Ben, we've covered... Every uh, system in the AL East and the NL East, we're working our way through the AL and NL Central. I feel pretty good about the yep. progress we're making. I think we're going to get it all done before opening day. Uh, I don't know about before opening day, but uh, we'll get it done before May. Let's let's. I mean that that'll that'll at least be accomplished. So uh... yeah, we'll get there. I'm confident, and that's why we bring in people like Matthew Thompson, who knows what he's doing, to talk about the Cardinals and the Royals' next big three prospects today. Matthew, you got to keep us on schedule here. I know you got a busy night ahead of you, but we're glad you made some time for us. Welcome to the show, Mr. Thompson. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I always, you always have the most entertaining edits and and drops and everything. It's always it's always a pleasure to listen to be on the show for once. And then uh, ready to talk. I could talk Cardinals all day, so it'll be up to you guys to keep me in check. The fight can wait. So, hell yeah, dude. I mean. We saw each other at First Pitch Arizona last November. It was cool to meet you in person and yeah, talk definitely. for a few minutes. I remember we got to sit there and wrap for about five, ten minutes on the Sunday morning, which is the end of the conference. But uh, you were in good spirits. I was in good spirits. And it was nice to meet you. It's nice to see you. It's hard not to be in good spirits when you're out there with all that baseball around you. But... Yes. Yeah, we had a great time, man. It was. We learned a lot. And we're going to learn a lot on this show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. MJ Govier. Big Gentle Ben for Ben, and Matt is uh, MD Top, FWFB. Did I get that right? Right. You got it, sir. I nailed it. That was from memory. Okay, cool. So we're going to start with the Cardinals, this STL cards. By the way, when I set up these StreamYards, because we do our show on StreamYard and the YouTube links, and I look for the hashtags that are on YouTube, there's no, there wasn't like a really good Cardinals, which is really strange to me that these are major league organizations that don't have like a consistent hashtag that they're using i went to their actual page on youtube for the cardinals and they got like sixty nine thousand subs but they don't use any hashtags or anything i'm like who's marketing these people man it's a little bit tricky too because there's a football team with the same mm -hmm. same name so the cardinals use stf right. cards is from yeah. what i've seen but yeah like twitter twittering football season is like oh cardinals pick up a player and look it's like oh deandre hopkins well he's not gonna unless he could play center field he doesn't help me so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I bet he could. I bet he could play a mean center field if you give him a week. He probably could, yeah. Uh, Jamie Seary says, that just means you have to do two shows a week to get this done. That's fine. I'm down to do that. All right, let's get into the top three, Matthew. Lead us off. St. Louis Cardinals, a system that always seems to have at least a couple of guys that are high up on everybody's list. Who are the top three prospects as you see it on today, March 2nd, 2023? Uh, I'm sure you're shocked, but number one, I have Jordan Walker. Um, he is everything. Um, number two, I have Mason Wynn, and then three, I have Tink Hens. Um, in my mind, I'll let I don't want to give it away, but in my mind, two, three, and four are like almost interchangeable. But we'll get into who that is. And see, I've, I've got the same three. My only difference in order is going to be I have Hens over Wynn, yeah, but no, I, I get it, yeah. I mean, Walker is your clear number one, and I kind of think you're almost 
almost consensus on two, three. Most places are going to be pretty consensus on that. Although, like you said, there's kind of one other guy that sneaks into that spot every now and then. But and, and I'm like I said, I'm sure we're going to get into that. But yeah, um, I, I think it's just it's one of those that 2020 draft is going to turn out to be a really, really good draft. All three of these, all three of these top prospects that we have, plus Alec Burleson, all who's, who's clearly top five in the top 10 in the system, at least all of those guys came from the same draft, which is the shortened COVID draft of all drafts. It's been unbelievable work by Randy Flores and, and the Cardinals organization to get all that. It's been very impressive. Okay, so that's the top three. And Ben, it's uh, the same for you. I'm sorry, I was my dog here was annoying me, so I just want to clarify that. Do we have any disagreements in the top three? Yoshi yes. Black, no, like I said, same three, and and like I said, I, I'm going to have hence just a hair over win, but I mean just a, I mean like I said, a hair yeah. there, and that's only because. I, I've loved – I really, really wanted the Braves to draft Tink Hens when uh, – in that draft because there were they were on him pretty heavy, but for some reason they didn't pull the trigger that year, but they went really college pitching heavy that year in that draft. Um, well, there, to be fair, there is a lot of <laughs> to be, Yeah, I know he has. He's been great. And to be fair, there is a lot of risk with Tink Hens too. It's oh, yeah. Not like – Especially at the draft time, right? Because he's a seventeen-year-old high school kid at that time. Like, so you could you could you can't fault the Braves for not taking him, but he he landed in a pretty good spot. I'm a little and, biased though, but you know, yeah, had to have no. Him. And and from what I understand, I think there were three teams who had been on Tink since like from the beginning because he was kind of an unknown until bit. that COVID year, and then nobody really got to see good looks that year. But it was kind of the Braves and Cardinals who were on him before that and really knew him well. And so I kind of thought, well, that's probably when he went to the Cardinals. I'm like, well, that's the other team that knew him well. Well, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, the Braves did okay in that draft anyway. So, if, I mean, the Cardinals, the Braves, and a handful of other teams are on a guy, then, I mean, that's a guy. Yeah, like know what they're doing, right? Like we don't need to tell you that. That's that's a good call, Matt. That's a very good call. (laughs) All right, give us the next big three then beyond the top three, Matthew Thompson. Who's four, five, and six? Uh, Gordon Graceffo for me is four. Um, I I'm a big fan of everything he brings to the table. Five, I have Cooper Jerpy, the first round pick from the 2022 draft. And then I have Alec Burleson as my sixth guy because I, I think he is a big league ready bat that would be way higher up in most systems. He just kind of gets buried with what the Cardinals have. Okay, Benjamin, how do you see the next big three in the St. Louis Cardinals system for 2023? I have I have Derpy as well. Um, I also have I have Matt Matthew Libertor. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, really big fan of his, and I've liked him since he was in the Rays system. Um, I actually got to go on St. Louis radio when he was originally required. Or acquired. Yep. Um, because uh, I had written up a scouting report, and they caught that, and they uh, they called me up and had me go come on radio to talk about him. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. That was um, and that. then uh, Joshua Baez is the third guy I have on there, and just because if you want a prototype 
right field. This is what a right field profile is supposed to be. He's like 60 plus. So you could maybe hang a 70 on his power grade and definitely a 70 arm. I mean, big arm, big power. That's right field profile. And yep. that's definitely Baez. Now, whether he can stick in the outfield, I don't know. Um, whether he can hit enough to get to that power, I don't know. But he's absolutely that guy. That guy that has that type of a profile as far as a right field type of profile. And those are just kind of sexy profiles to watch initially. And you hope that they grow into that and can access more. But Yeah. No, he, he had an up and down, well, mostly down year last year. He mm-hmm. dealt with constant injuries, like just seemingly small things, but – when you have small things one after another, it kind of eats up your season. And he had severe contact issues, and I think a lot of it had to do with the wrist injury that he kind of had. Um, but you nailed it, man. It's prodigious power, um, the really good arm. It's a typical right fielder skill set, like starter kit. Like you're trying to build a right fielder from scratch, you're taking a lot of these elements, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's very exciting. And um, I, I'm with you on the Libertor pick. I, I'm a little bit off Libertor because I don't love how the fastball is going to play. But yeah, if I, but in the but to be fair, last year he was in AAA and he was younger than some of the college draftees in the first round of the draft. Yeah. So he's been he's very advanced for a reason. I mean, the Rays and the Cardinals again; those organizations kind of have a good track record of finding mm-hmm. talent. So I, you know, if he's on both of those, although the Rays did trade him, so let's see if that means. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah. you know, I also had Ivan Herrera in my top ten. But uh, mm-hmm. it's this system's deep, and, and he, his outlook is dampened a little bit by the Wilson Contreras signing, but Herrera is still a pretty decent option behind the plate. So. Yeah. Now, for me, I see Libertor and Burleson as kind of two similar guys on, you know, obviously hitter versus pitcher, mm-hmm. but neither one is probably going to be a sexy guy as a major yeah. leaguer. But right, you don't all have to be. I mean, that's right, and that's just it. I I think Libertor is probably a four. Yeah, I don't don't know if he's he's three. He's still very young, and there's still some like pitch mix issues. I I think he either. This is a nitpick of mine, and obviously the Cardinals know what they're doing, so I'm not criticizing anybody. But like, he uses the four seamer and the sinker almost interchangeably. He almost, I almost kind of want him to go one way or the other. Yeah, because then if he uses the, you know the, the four seamer more religiously, then, then the slider will be better because, you know it come if it tunnels off of it well, yeah. and if he goes to the sinker, then his changeup will be better because it tunnels off of that with the same movement kind of profile, but the, he kind of interchanges a lot and his big curveball has kind of been passed up as his big out pitch. I think now personally, I think his slider is his best pitch. But yeah, his slider is definitely taking steps forward. I, but, but I mean. It's it's one of those where he's he's a back end starter if he makes it as a pro. Mm-hmm. Burleson probably is not a guy who's going to be your fantasy stud outfielder. Burleson, but he comes across, a yeah, he comes across as the guy, and I hate using them like their assets, but in reality, that's what they are to major league teams. Like Burleson to me is a guy that you run out there and play, you know, four or five days a week on a corner outfield spot until his free agent years, and then you kind of let him go. Because you'll have somebody else that pops right in. Yep. You know what I mean? Wow. I hate seeing it like that. But, like, you know what I mean? That's it's a bottom good business. line business, dude. It's a bottom yeah. line business. We <laughs> respect them as human beings. 
But yes, kind it's of, a business. Kind of frankly, he's he's the type of me, Ben. I think he's kind of he's like the epitome of a 50, 50 like that, that's yeah. him. He's he's the perfect kind of guy that you hope you have until a guy like a Joshua Baez turns out. Right. Because then you can plug in that Baez and be a superstar, but you have a Burleson sitting in the spot until that Baez turns out. Yep. And And that's what you want as a system depth perspective, you know, and that's, so for the Cardinals, they're doing a great job of churning out those depth guys. I mean, heck, Going down further on the list, Zach Thompson. I think he's going to probably plug right into the bullpen this year as like a two-three inning guy. He you know, will definitely work. I, I wish they stay patient with him as a starter because one yeah. thing the system does kind of lack is upper minors like starting pitching. They're a little bit light there. Um, Graceffo and Libertor are two very good options, but I think after that you have like Connor Thomas, who's out of the forty man, who I kind of like, but I don't know yeah. how. The low velo plays at the big league. Yoshi! What about this? uh, What are this here? We have a question from Donovan. Who would you cop Liberator to in the bigs, Matthew, if you had to? Mm, I'm not going to go too far away from the tree here. I need some pitch mix changes, but I think absolute best case scenario, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, Ben. Could he be like Jordan Montgomery? I, I think that works. I had him when he was coming up. I had, you know, when I wrote that initial scouting report and I've seen it kind of bear out that mm-hmm. there's a lot of Matt Moore in his game. And for better or yeah. for worse, too. And so that, I mean, a little bit of the fastball command for velocity, but yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a good pair. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's there's just a lot of, you know, and, and you hope that he does. I mean, with Mora, it ended up being a lot of injuries that derailed him and kind of turned him into the reliever type. But, I mean, if if he can stay on the mound, there's which, a chance which for he's him. Which we don't know. He's been healthy to this. I mean, we have no inclination yeah. to believe he's not been. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, boy, that – yeah, and, and – Anderson works, yeah. Um, yeah. Teach Libertor a cutter, and that might kind of fit a little better, which you might need one if he – yeah, he goes off the slider and goes more toward the curveball. He might need a cutter to keep lefties off of him or something. So he's going to need a righties, excuse me. Um, so, so maybe he needs to talk to Connor Thomas. So because they can't they can't hurt. I'm curious to see how that's going to play. He's kind of fascinating yeah. to watch because he was after awesome. after Arizona. I'm kind of curious to see how that he works coming out. He picked younger hitters apart in Arizona with his yeah. and his changeup and be able to spot it and. We'll see how he does against the advanced guys. He hasn't pitched this. He's only pitched once this spring that I saw him. And we, we can't put any outing, any stake into one spring appearance. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Anderson was the comp offer from Chad, who's one of our regulars here in the live chat. You guys can jump in the live chat with questions mm-hmm. if you prefer at any given time. And we just finished up STL, St. Louis Cardinals. Top three, top six overall, the next big three from Matthew Thompson, who's here live with us. Me and Benjamin here coming at you, the Plasma Podcast, two L's, two Z's. How about we switch over? To the other side of town, the other side of the state, the other side of that area. I always get. How many Kansas cities are there, Matthew? I think one. I'm not sure. There's not at least um, two. There's not one in well, each state in Missouri. Well, I, I know, get so confused. Well, I know there's two St. Louis. There's an East St. Louis that's in Illinois. That's true. I do know yeah. that. Yeah. I, I don't know if Kansas City is the same way or not. I I don't I, know. I, I do laugh every time that these you get some like 
sports writers that think Kansas City's in Kansas, and it always cracks me up. Like they always write something about, oh, poor Kansas, but it's like, no, it's in Missouri actually. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my brother lives there, and I know that part of like the the burbs are Kansas. But I don't know that any of actual Kansas City. I think that's right. Kansas. I've never been, but I think that's it. Yeah. Chad says there are at least two. I went to a wedding in Kansas City, but I think it was the standard issue Kansas City that we know of for the Royals, who we're going to talk about now. Kansas City Royals, boy, I'm doing a couple drafts right now. Jeff just said earlier in the chat that he signed up for the Plotto Podcast Invitational, which is on League Six. Oh, Join go. now. Sign up. It's a $50. 50-round draft and hold, no fab in season. So if you're looking for less of a commitment, but you want to draft, 50 rounds of drafting, that is a lot of fun. That is just a ton of fun. So make sure you Especially check out. for round 30, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's where you start taking more risks, and you go way outside of ADP, and you think, I mean, Ben, you should really flourish in those rounds because you know so I'm much not, about I'm dynasty not. and prospects. There's a lot of guys that you could target, like uh, – a Mason Hour, for example, that's pro, not a bad choice. Pro tip, go on Prospects Live and sort our prospects list by 40-man roster, guys, and that's where you should be picking later on that draft. Oh, yeah. dynamite! Because you want 40-man roster guys in, in drafts that big because they're already they're already first in line, right? Yeah. Because they're already on the 40-man. So that's, that's a great point. Go. Not trying to blow up anybody's spot. but that's what yeah. <laughs> Don't blow up my spot, Matt. This is my spot, okay? We all got our own spots on the show. It's fine. You can blow yours up as much as you want to. Look. The Royals have a lot of guys in the top 100 that are going in drafts right now. You got Melendez, and you got, of course, Vinny B, and Bobby Wood, of course, is the ultimate stud. But they have a lot of cash in right now suddenly, but I don't know if they're going to be any good or not. That's going to be interesting to see how they roll this year post Nightmare, Mike Matheny, and Cal Eldred, and Dayton Moore, and the disaster that kind of came to an end here for Kansas City. But why don't you take us off and you? Yeah, no comment. That's fine. I said it all. I'll say it all. I went through the Matheny phase myself. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah, you did. That's right. All right, so here's your top three for Kansas City right now. So my top three, I picked Gavin Cross as number one, in my opinion, the 2022. I was going to make it 2022 draftee. I have Ben Caderna, number two, and Michael Garcia, number three. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three... Two, one. Well, there it is. Can't wait to hear about Gavin Cross and no one That's else, true. says Joe Hook. What's up, Joe? All right, yeah, so. He's not all that wrong. <laughs> he's not all that wrong, yeah. How do you see it, Ben? Any disagreements in the top three for the Royals? Well, I think Cross and Kaderner are, are kind of, for sure, are your top in the top three for pretty much everyone. I really... I, I guess I'm a big Caden Wallace fan and, and was throughout his college year and, and really kind of fell in love with that. Um, you know, I'd love to be able to throw Drew Waters into the top three, but um, it's just after watching him for so long in Atlanta and uh, then he comes out and gets an injury right away in spring training after he finally put some things together at the end of the year. There's just, 
this just all looks too stinking familiar to me. Um, and I, so I, he was in my original top three that I had put together way back when I was starting to put all these together to get ready for our, for all of this. And, uh, I don't even have him on my next three right now. Cause right now I just, he needs, he needs to get healthy. He needs to get himself on the field and stay on the field. So, yeah, no, I, Drew Waters has always been fascinating because I love athletes as you should in the prospect world. And he's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Really good defender in center field that gives him a nice floor, a nice steady floor, but he just hasn't been able to hit enough, which has been perplexing. Yeah, that's too bad. Poor Drew. Well, I wish you the best, Drew Waters. We're not giving up on you. It's never go over until it's over. All right. Let's get in the nitty-gritty then, Matthew. The next big three for the Kansas City Royals beyond this top three uh, is Beck Way going to be in your top six? Because Chad says this is a Beck Way stand account. No, Beck Way is not, but Beck Way is on the way up for sure. That slider plays. Um, mm-hmm. I will go with my four through six being Caden Wallace, Nick Lofton, and Tyler. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, Ben. Is it Gentry or Gentry? I can't remember. I, I've heard Gentry, but yeah. I, I mean, and that's the way it looks, but I, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. So Nick, I'll go Caden Wallace, Nick Lofton, and Tyler Gentry. That's my uh, four, five, and six. With honorable mention to Mr. The Honorary Italian, Frank Mazzucato. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Frank. I've had him in a couple of dynasty leagues. Yeah. Benjamin, do you disagree here with this next big three for the Royals? No, and that, he brought up my my three, Frank Mazzucato, uh, Nick Lofton, and Tyler Gentry, because – you know, so you don't have he, Wallace then. No Wallace for you. He doesn't well, have Wallace Michael Garcia, who I have third. I have Garcia third. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, but that's yeah. mostly because I like his defensive abilities and his yeah. contact skills and speed and ability to play short. Because I don't think Bobby Wood Jr. is a shortstop. But no, not for well, me. and I mean Garcia is one of those who Garcia fits. Last year, in fact, I was on this show last he's year talking about the Royals. Like he's such a Royals type. Like everything yeah. he does. I talked about Michael Massey last year yeah, on this. Yeah, I love Michael Massey. Him and, and Nate Eaton are very good guys on the rise too. And really I said guys. that that was a profile that the Royals create and they develop and they do very well. And Garcia is exactly that type of a player. That he's just he's a grit player. The one difference. Really the one difference is. Um, he kind of came up the same way as all them kind of play everywhere kind of guy, but he's so good at short. Now he's kind of yeah, in a short, which is not a bad problem to have. Yeah. That's, huh. but yeah, I mean, that's, so there's, there's a very good, very good thing. If any of you are curious about where Garcia might be kind of fantasy wise, I don't know that he's ever going to be that guy that, lights up your fantasy numbers but yeah, he's not going to hurt you it, it just like those type of players i don't think massey's ever going to win you a league but similarly he's not going to hurt you in a league either more than likely and that's probably what garcia if he gets a starting job is probably going to be for you too i kind of view garcia as a guy that can get you 20 to 25 stolen bases and hit 240 250 and play shortstop Handful of home runs. It's not. It's it's kind of boring. I'm trying to think of a good name like comp for it, but almost like an Elvis Andrus type of like type of player. 
which isn't all that exciting, but it's a it's a valuable piece if you can steal twenty five bags, right? Last yeah. year it was very exciting. Andrews was wow. incredible. I mean, Andrews unlocked some power last year. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. I don't see that from Garcia, but you know. But I, I want to ask about Matthew Garcia. How do we see him sliding in? How does it go? Does Hunter Dozier get traded eventually, so we have to wait, and then Bobby Witt goes back to third? How do you see it possibly playing out for the Royals infield? Well, Garcia had a cup of coffee last year at the big league level too, right. which was interesting. Yeah. They seem like they're committed to wit. It was always di- different because they had a new manager. We've kind of touched on it. Pedro Grafal is now the – no, wait. No, he's not the manager. Quattaro. The guy from, what, Quattaro from the Rays. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Grafal went from the Royals to the White Sox. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Quattaro is uh, there now. And you're always curious how he values it. I was kind of thinking they might put Bobby Witt at third with Garcia at short. But it seems like they went the route you mentioned with Hunter Dozier as the everyday third baseman with Witt at short. And um, – Garcia will play his way into some playing time this year. I, I just He's not a player you can really bank on helping you much for this season. But I'm still in long term because I, long term, I think he is probably the shortstop. And Dozier's that kind of come in with the whole best shape of his life stuff. Which, and, they're already, and they're already paying Dozier money. This yeah, that's, yeah. that's another big thing. And, and you got to – which, you know, if he fails out there, well, then he's probably just blocking Nick Prado. Um, you know, which, you know, he's probably occupying the DH spot and making sure that Nick Prado and MJ Melendez and whoever else that might get at bats in the DH spot aren't getting him. Um, that's pretty much what he's going to end up doing if he can't handle third. So they got to find a way to get him at bats somewhere. Yeah. And third base is probably their best spot because he's not going to out hit Vinny P. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, my main man, Jared Perkins is here, by the way. Check out Jared's work. He's doing great work. And oh, yeah. mental health. He did a great interview with Vinny P, the Royals himself, yeah, talking about the game. Yeah, it was great. He says that Garcia's getting outfield reps this spring. So, super utility guy, right? Yeah, that could work. Um, I, I still wish it was that short because I think that's where his most value from him yeah. is going to be. But if he if he hits well, he'll play. I mean, that's the end of the story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, did Ben, we got your three, right? So, we – Yep. Okay. And, that, and I think – the, the fun one of all these, I think, is going to be Gentry. Because with Waters getting hurt, with with uh, Michael Taylor getting traded, I mean, Lofton is kind of – Lofton actually showed a lot more in the outfield than I thought he would last year. He really took to the outfield better than I thought he would, kind of coming and getting to know – you know, moving from a guy who's played primarily infield in his life and then moving to the outfield, he – he handled it defensively better than I thought he would, but they're going to want somebody who can do that offensively and Gentry can't, I think Gentry's got the much better offensive ceiling of their options in center field or out, frankly in the outfield, if they're looking to put together an outfield. And I mean, you have Kyle Isbell, you've got Nate Eaton. They've got, they've just, they've got a bunch of guys, but it certainly gives him gives Gentry a lot better chance to break spring. I really like Kyle Isbell too. I, I want him yeah. to take that next step. He's a guy I really like. But big shout out to Jared Perkins. Um, if you're on our Royals um, prospects list at Prospects Live, I mean, he wrote a majority of our the, of the reports there. Like he has, he he knows the Royal system backwards and frontwards, and he's obviously done that interview with Vinny P. You talked about uh, um, over that. Uh, 
with the mental health stuff on Prospects Live, which has been fantastic stuff to listen to. I love how the guys adapt outside the game. And I also love his Beyond Baseball podcast that he does with us. It's, it's great stuff. But mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love Jared. Love Jared. I love Jared. I got to say how much I love Jared. Jared, you're the best, man. I'm so glad you popped in here. Please, everybody, follow it. I just put the link to his Twitter in the feed. Yeah, I showed is. it on the video. Jared That's is doing cool. legitimate work. To, we're covering prospects, but he's also covering the human aspect of what they go through, what all baseball players go through coming up. It's not cheesy. It's straight. It's true. No, it's and it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's deep stuff. And you would think like how much better the game would be if these teams decided to pay for these guys to eat well and, and live well. But Hey, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. I'm just, I'm just somebody talking. I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I interrupt you, Matt. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was just talking about Jared just being, you know, a great guy, great, knows everything about the system and how the Royal system, and then I'll piggyback off what he wrote. The Royal system is kind of, they're ma- making some strides in the, in the minors with their pitching. I've noticed a lot of good pitchers I like, like, like I'm looking at our list right now, like seven through 15, I think is all pitchers except for two guys. Like, so they have a big glut of arms coming up. Um, and hopefully this college heavy draft drafting approach starts bearing some fruit because yeah. I don't want to blame it on the kids that they took, but I was no. a big fan of that college draft when they had Daniel Lynch and Jackson Coar and Brady Singer. And I'm a little bit disappointed with how it's gone. I don't know if that was the major league coaching or which seems to be the scapegoat for a lot of things. Um, I don't want to get too much in the weeds on that, but I, hopefully they are a lot better with new, new, new voices in the dugout and the clubhouse. Is that Granky around can help too? Granky is a very well, good yeah. guy. There was, yep. there was, um, gosh, was it, I'm trying to remember now if it was Pipeline or now I'm get, I'm getting them all my podcasts mixed up. But there was one of them that had the new uh, pitching development coordinator on. With I need the to Royals. catch that. I meant to listen to that. I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. I think it was a Pipeline show. I need. And I bookmarked it. I want to go back yeah. because it's that's a brand. You made the point. That three little that three letter word you said new, that's the huge thing for me right there. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> but he he talked about, you know, there there are big big names if you go down there. Guys like you know Jackson Coar, Asa Lacy. You know these are guys who, you know, if you followed college baseball, yep. these are studs. Like guys who were like pitching in college World Series. Guys who were top ten college baseball pitchers going into the draft guys who everybody knew and then just haven't panned out. And you're going, well, what the heck are they doing? That's not working right. And there was a lot of talk in that podcast that, Hey, we're already seeing some stuff that we can work on. We're already seeing some stuff that we can do here. And they had, they had some big discussion about, uh, about Brady Singer and how he had come through some things and kind of figured out on his own, but then also has taken some steps in the off season already based on some work that he's done with the club. And, you know, I'm thinking already like, Hey, if Singer's taken another step beyond what he's already done, which, Hey, he made a big leap forward middle of last year and they've been able to identify beyond that where he can go if they can start doing that with more of these college guys there's a lot of raw talent in those college guys oh they could suddenly have a really really good farm system of arms yeah very it's it's they're an organization that like 
if if you could have a sleeper organization, not necessarily a major league team, but like sleeper system, that's my my group for a bunch of players to take a lift up. Is this one? I mean, it's there's a lot of talent down here, and um, and and the end they get quote unquote dinged a little bit for the minor league system because Bobby Witt Jr. and MJ Melendez and Vinny Pascantino mm-hmm. all graduated and are no longer considered prospects. But those are all very good young core pieces to your big league club. I'm forgetting other guys. There's Nate Eaton. Um, yeah. you, know, you mentioned Matt, Michael. So Edward Oliveris is still young. You know, I mean, some of these guys are still young. Kyle Isbell is still young. Like, sign me up for all these guys. I, I like this team. Drew Waters. I like a lot of yeah. what they're doing. If they just get, I feel like if they get one or two lucky breaks, it changes everything. And they haven't yeah. had much. As a Tigers guy, I fear them. They are. It's like they're probably. Mm-hmm. Go, they're ahead of us now. Tigers on the way up too. What the Royals need to do is, I know there's another AL. I'm not going to tell you what team, but I know there's another AL Central team that used to get really, really upset when their players would go somewhere else in the off season, like Driveline or somewhere else to get coaching from outside the organization. I need the Royals people to start doing a little bit of that too. That 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 would. <laughs> Driveline thing seems to be the way to go right now. <laughs> and and there's so many options. It doesn't have to be Driveline Inc. You know, it doesn't have right. to be. No, right. I was just using that. That's the most common example. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. But An I mean, outside source. There's, there's, yeah. there's so many of these good velocity options, these good, you know, hit training options. There's, there's very good options for evaluating the individual and their motions and their body and doing training that's individualized to that person in their off-season time. And what is wrong with that? That is what I just don't understand. Because when you're on a team with 25, 30 guys, it's very likely that for six to eight months, you're not getting individualized attention unless, for that. Unless it's gone bad one way, you know, really yeah. bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, but. if if you're if you're getting... Let's say during a six-game series, if you're if you're getting a hit a night on average, you're probably not getting a whole lot of talking to. You know, as as long as you're putting up halfway decent numbers, you're probably not getting a talking to. But you start having some struggles. Okay, well now you're going to start getting some individualized attention. Let's watch you in the box a little bit. Let's you know take some extra rounds of BP. Otherwise. Nobody's really paying a t- you know a lot of attention to the mechanics of your swing. They're not paying a ton of attention to what you're doing in the weight room, all those sorts of things. But you go in October and start working out with somebody who's paying a lot of attention to that stuff. You start having somebody who's going through the mechanics of your swing and going, well, you got a little hitch here. You've got a little thing here. You've got a, you might come back the next spring and start launching balls an extra 30 feet. You know, you might have an extra, you know, 10 mile an hour on your extra exit velocity. Holy cow, you're a different player. Yep. And a lot of it, a lot of it too, is even one step further below that. It's like different, different wording on sometimes on things, but let something click a little better than, you know, somebody might use a different term. Like you Canadians spell sender with an R E instead of an E R. Like that might look better. <laughs> like some people are just a little bit different. And it's a little different word vocabulary uses here and there can can something can click too. Like staying on top of the ball and keeping your front shoulder closed. Or stay, excuse me, covering the plate and keeping your front shoulder closed are kind of the same thing, right? But it, it takes a little bit. That's fair. Maybe it's yeah. a different different way to say it, I guess, right? 
Absolutely. That's totally fair. And that's the show, folks. It's over. We've done just over a half hour of Prospect Talk. That's Prospect's Power Half Hour here the Plotso Podcast. Two L's, two C's. He's Matthew Thompson. Thank you, Matthew, for being here talking about the Cardinals and the Royals' next big three, the top six overall. Follow him on Twitter at MDTOP. That's T-H-O-M-P. Friends with Fantasy Benefits. F-W-F-B. Of course, Ben. Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Uh, Matthew, anything else you're promoting, pushing out here? I know Prospects Live. you got your top 40, which is a great... I'm actually going to use that for the rest of my drafts going forward when I need... Yeah, it's on our prospect You can filter by 40 men on our, on our prospect list and everything will pop up like that. And uh, it was great meeting you in Arizona, Mike. You're uh, always a good character. Breathe a fr- breath of fresh air into this industry that can be a little bit dull sometimes. So it's uh, very nice. <laughs> Uh, I mean that, that I say, but you know what I'm saying. When when you have all oh, these different the we have all these different podcasts that are telling you almost essentially variation of the same thing. It's nice to hear it in a in a very energetic way. And obviously, I love love working with Ben. Ben's a great dude, salt of the earth kind of guy. We need more guys like that. So it's nice to have both you guys on the show. Nice to be with you on your show, I should say. And uh, uh, look forward to catching the rest of them as they come out. Yeah. Absolutely, my friend. We appreciate you. Uh, Drew was here. Drew was on a show a few weeks back, about a month ago, with Ben, and they covered the Rays and the Marlins, right? Yeah. 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 All the old shows are on our YouTube channel here, or a podcast form if you prefer just to hear the audio. We appreciate Matthew Thompson joining us today. Matt, I think you encapsulate things so precisely, but fairly and with depth in a manner that really spits it out for the audience in a very appetizing way. So kudos to you, my friend. Everybody in the live chat. Uh, I'm going to be right back on the air here. We're doing a, I'm doing a Palazzo show with Deary right after this, so we're going to be doing that version. Strategy session round two. If you're watching this after we posted it, you could go check that episode later, but you could turn it off now. But for those of you that want more, you want to talk more strategy for redraft as well, we're doing that show next in about 10 minutes. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and uh, I'll see you shortly. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.,